It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. gentlemen this is the pancakes and power slam show and i am chris featherstone and as always we are live at 11 kelligan funky like a monkey if you will you know who that is ladies and gentlemen this is the 224th episode and as every week we will have action-packed informational scholarly instructional advisory commentary on this show and we're going to have some fun as always and ladies and gentlemen we have an action-packed show and i am very very honored to introduce ladies and gentlemen former tag team champion former million (laughs) million dollar champion and this guy is so popular that he is the ceo of his own posse. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Ted DiBiase Jr. How are you tonight, sir? Man, I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys tonight? Appreciate you having me. Doing great. Doing great. It's, it's great to have you as well. So how are you feeling today? 
Well, uh, you know, first of all, I'd like to say I apologize for uh, last week because today I'm actually awake. As last week, I uh, fell asleep putting my son down. Um, you know, I don't, I don't travel as much these days, and so I'm kind of kind of moved into dad mode and uh, mm-hmm. I'm up all day and uh, I go to bed early now and I'm not such the night owl I used to be when I was uh, traveling the roads and mm-hmm. trying to you know keep Cody Rhodes and Seamus in line and uh, <laughs> so now it's my four-year-old Tate who uh, he's he's got all my attention and wears me out Pretty oh, wow. pretty good, pretty regularly every day, but it's the good stuff, you know. So sorry about that, guys. And, oh, no uh, worries. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to jump back on this week. Oh yeah, absolutely, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I understand because uh, my oldest will be four uh, in a little less than two months. So I, I totally understand uh, the four-year-old uh, putting them to bed. My, I'm, uh, I have a year and a half-year-old as well, and my wife and I are blessed that we uh, typically we just put them up uh, in their bed in their bedroom about eight o'clock and uh, put a movie or two on, and they're pretty good for the night. It gives my wife and I some time to spend with each other in the midst of the crazy day days yeah. that uh, usually happen. But, you know, every now and then my, 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 my son, my oldest son is starting to, um, uh, he's starting to have some college hours. Um, today yeah. being a perfect example, uh, up to about 15 minutes ago, he was still up and um, I was down in my studio and in my, in my office uh, just getting ready for the show. And all of a sudden, I hear "Daddy, Daddy," and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the movie's off. But I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> should have been asleep yeah. about three hours ago." But uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we're rolling with this. <laughs> uh, it's all good, man. Yeah, yeah. mine will show up here any minute now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get it. So it's it's great to have you on the show. So let's let's get into just asking you some uh, questions and uh, just kind of bringing sure. people up to date. Uh, on the uh, goings-on of uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. But let's start off with just preliminary questions of you, your desire as a pro wrestler now. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you come from uh, generations of former professional wrestlers. Um, your dad's a Hall of Famer. So was there any other option other than you watching your dad. And I, I remember you having a tweet recently saying that um, your dad wasn't home a lot, but he was with you, you know, in spirit, basically. I'm paraphrasing what you were saying, but yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it, it was, was that just basically what you've gained as far as your upbringing as a kid, did your dad uh, travel and, and time in the WWE did that inspire you to be a wrestler, or did you have other aspirations? You know, I'd, I'd say uh, yes to both. Um, you know, my growing up, the son of the Million Dollar Man was definitely uh, provided a, for an interesting childhood, to say the least. You know, and as a third-generation wrestler, my grandfather, Iron Mike DiBiase, and my grandmother, Helen Hild, also being wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, it certainly afforded me uh, the opportunity of an insider's view 
to the business and understanding of uh, what it takes and, you know, the sacrifice and the, the time away um, uh, where there are so many negatives. There's also uh, the allure and the excitement, the, uh, the, just the, the, the addiction, I would say to, uh, you know, being inside that ring, like in front of a crowd, um, you know, there, there is something about that, that is, is really hard to put into words. Mm-hmm. And once you experience, especially at such a level of, of that of WWE, it, it stays in you and it's a, it's a part of you. And so growing up, you know, run around the locker room with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, you know, those guys, uh, Bushwhackers and the Ultimate Warrior. That was my childhood. And, you know, seeing these larger-than-life superheroes, action heroes, you know, gargantuan, just beasts of men uh, battle it out every night in front of these crowds, sold out, packed out, you know, just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, I was infatuated for my father to be one of those, those guys, you know, it was obviously something inside me, uh, a seed planted early on in my life that, uh, you know, never went away, even though mm-hmm. I knew there were a lot of things, uh, missed out on really having a dad, uh, so to speak, he missed all my birthdays and, you know, all the soccer games and football games and, and I don't say that in a in a negative way. That was it, it. Just is what it is. It was what it was. I guess. Um, and and it's what my dad knew, you know. And um and and I we didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have you know the technology we have today to like really keep in touch. But uh, we did a great. He always did a great job of calling home, and you know I. I don't I don't feel like I missed out on having a dad. It's the hindsight is twenty twenty, you know. Looking mm-hmm. back now I realized for him it must have been extremely hard. For me, um it was all I ever knew. Um and now that I am a a, a grown man and, and a father of my myself and um you know, I, I I do see some of the things my dad warned me about, you know, the travel and I, I understand that you know, what I believe now wholeheartedly that time is our greatest asset. It is our most mm-hmm. valuable asset and that which we can't predict. We don't know if we're going to have it, how much of it we got, you know, and and we can't ever get it back. And so for me, stepping away from WWE was, was not an easy decision by any means. It, um, you know, it was a dream come true, but at the same time, me becoming a father was uh, a bigger dream come true and something that um, I won't let anything uh, get in front of me, get come between me and, and my son or and, and, and even now me and my, my wife, you know, being a father and a husband yeah. is the greatest pride and joy I have in this life. And, uh, you know, doing that and serving them, um, you know, in a godly manner and, and, and just really being the example to my son and, and to my wife and, and using the platform God's given me to, to now, you know, help those around me and do some really cool stuff is, uh, it's just become my, my new dream, you know, but oh, yeah. kind of a long winded answer and went a couple different ways, but that's, oh, okay. that's where I'm at right now. 
Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I was, it's funny because I was just about to say, you know, as, as a devoted Christian myself, you know, the, my greatest ministry is is my family, my, my wife and my kids. Um, and that, that is the, you know, that is the biggest example that I can have, you know, as a husband and as a father of two, you know, that, uh, that, that's my biggest ministry. Everything else comes secondary, uh, from a, you know, from an earthly standpoint. So I totally get it. I agree with you 100%. Uh, what are some memorable feuds that you remember growing up as a kid? Man, growing up as a kid, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pretend like, uh, um, you know, I'll be quite honest with you. A lot of people think that I just um, watched wrestling a lot all the time. <laughs> it really was never watched unless my dad was actually wrestling, and it was mostly the big pay-per-views. But you know, I, I, I do. Uh, I just kept up with 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 him. Really, uh, I mean, I I watch. I, I was watching. You know. Shawn Michaels and Brett, uh, you know, those were two of my favorites other than my dad, but, you know, watching my dad and, you know, WrestleMania four, that was pretty epic for me. Um, you know, that, um, that's the tournament. Gosh, that, the, the, uh, yeah, that was the tournament. Savage one. Um, yeah. yep. He ended up with Savage in the, the main event, you know, his first mm-hmm. WrestleMania wrestled three matches and, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, one of the main and have to wrestle in the main event. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And so that that was probably one of the most memorable for me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, beyond that, it was wrestling wasn't really when he came home. It it wasn't something we talked about. You know, mm-hmm. we we didn't have the dungeon. It wasn't like uh, you know the Bret Hart family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more of a more of a clocking out and and. You know, going That's on in right. his life as far as the thing. Yeah, I, I understand that. I've interviewed many people on the show, and, and they've, you know, I, there's a number of people I've interviewed on the show and talked to uh, from from a wrestling standpoint that, you know, they, they get immersed in in the business, and a lot of wrestlers get that way. You know, they get immersed, and, and it's hard for them to keep yeah. families because they're, they're, they live and breathe and die wrestling. Um well, you know, there's some people who uh, I watched Sting's uh, documentary, and uh, you know, he was he was like that too, as far as just understanding the balance, you know, between the wrestling life and yeah. you know life outside of wrestling. I think that's definitely very important for someone to really obtain. Absolutely, um, you know, it, it's if you know some people could, uh, I guess, take it one or two ways. You know, it's like, well, you weren't committed or are no I would say I've just never been defined just never wanted to be like defined by wrestling or whatever I choose to do you know my work uh doesn't define who I am my character and my integrity defines who I am um and uh being defined as a, a, a saved by grace and a child of God, that that's the only definition that I would like to leave, you know? So me finding like whatever it is I've, I've been, I'm doing, you know, we're all given certain skill sets, certain uh, talents and abilities, resources and relationships. And what we do with those are, 
you know, those are decisions we make, but how we use those and uh, how others are affected by how we use those talents and gifts, resources and relationships is, is really a uh, good indicator of the legacy that we'll leave, you know? So if we use those specifically just for ourselves, and uh, which thing, you know, it, it's, you you're you're really focused on yourself 24/7 how can i get my body bigger how can i change my character how you know how can i climb that ladder i need to create this storyline and pitch this to this person and and you're constantly thinking about yourself and that's one thing i realized along the way it's really hard for me cuz it's hard not to become prideful or egotistical you know and it's hard not to get wrapped up in that world and then you start making a bunch of money and people want your autograph and you know, then it it's the world will continue to uh, let you down. And, you know, as you seek it and you want more of it, uh, it's never satisfying. Um, you know, and then you, you quickly forget, uh, you, you just get wrapped up in this facade of reality that is not reality, you know, and it's not real life. And the things that really do matter, um, you know, just become, push to the side or secondary and, and not priorities anymore relationship with God being one that happened to me. And then family, you know, because you're so focused on yourself. So, you know, I started thinking about that and it's like, you know, how, how, how can I stop building my kingdom and focus on number one for me personally, it's, it's Lord, how can I build your kingdom with what you've, mm-hmm. been, what you've given me? And yeah. so, um, you know, that's become my focus post wrestling. And that's why I turned down, you know, a, a contract renewal, you know, uh, and left financial security and stepped out on faith. It was because I, I won't jeopardize that, you know, and, and, um, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like bashing wrestling. That can be anything. You know, it yeah. it had just become something that um, I personally couldn't find that balance, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was starting to kind of own me and, and take all of my attention and time and destroy me, not just physically or, uh, you know, mentally, but even more so spiritually. And for me, that that matters most, you know, because if oh, yeah. that goes, my ability to be a father and a leader in my household and community that diminishes and that's something I can't and I will not sacrifice. You know, compromise. Absolutely. When that goes, you know, you become defined by what you do and what you do, you know, can is fleeting. You know, you do something now, that's you right. do something five years from now, you do something twelve years from now. Those are all, you know yeah. everything that you do is gonna be the past at, you know, eventually. So you know, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. told somebody that the other day, you know, they were, uh, I was speaking to some kids and I said, look, you know, my dream was to wrestle in WrestleMania and, uh, WrestleMania 26. I walked out in front of 73, 74,000 people in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I don't know how many million watching around the world. And, and I was out there for about, uh, 10 minutes you know, our match lasted that long because he got cut like three times. And I remember getting in back into the locker room and I was like, wow, is that it? You know, and it was like, what, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, how, what, what's next? I mean, I just did it. And 
I had focused and worked so long to get to this point and really had not thought beyond that, you know, because, um, and, and what I remember most and what I, what I, what I love most about the story of my life up until that point was the, the kid who had left college and was the only one in his family to graduate college and then left it and, um, and graduated and left like a day after he graduated, which was half a semester early, didn't stay to walk. And then I went for an entire year, uh, worked four jobs while I was chasing a dream, you know, mm-hmm. that a lot of people thought would be very easy for me or handed to me on a silver platter. And, and it wasn't, you know, it was actually a lot harder because expectations were higher. My father's a hall of famer. So I was constantly, you know, dealing with the comparisons of, you know, uh, the successes of my, my dad who had 23 years in the business and, you know, only the last five or six with WWF, you know, and, and, um, in his career. And so anyway, I, you know, thinking about that day, like, uh, up until that day that I wrestled in WrestleMania, it was like, man, I found out a lot about myself along the way. You know, John Maxwell says the dream is free, but the journey is not. And, uh, I've come to really value and, and love the journey. Uh, because that's where you find out about that's where the real real stuff happens you know when you can learn to live your life on a mission instead of just live your life for uh success or like you said you know uh in results um then you can do that rain snow sleet or shine and there's never an ending you know it's yep. it's how we do the things that we do defines you know what we become and you know what story we leave behind for our children to tell absolutely yeah absolutely i'm uh you know other than writing for fox sports and sports illustrated i'm actually a a phd student right now and um uh, yeah lots of work (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah my my goal is this and people you know i say it jokingly but people know i'm serious you know, I want to live a legacy where um, I, I my goal is to be uh, an answer uh, to a Jeopardy question. Uh, that that's that's what I want to do. I, I'm serious about that. That's that's cool. my, that is like that is a yeah. legendary bucket <laughs> list. I don't. That's like the ultimate bucket list. That's I want awesome. to be a Jeopardy <laughs> question. Uh, I want someone to say who is Chris Featherstone and. Uh, I want to do it while I'm living. That's that's the goal to do it while I'm living. And, that's uh, awesome. You know, while while I'm and instead of if I'm dead, I won't know. I won't, I won't hear someone say that. So uh, right. no, one, no one can relate the message either. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my goal. So you you mentioned uh, real quick. You mentioned about um, uh, just the, the the level of pressure that came with uh, being inserted into the WWE. Um, they, when you came to the main roster, you were you, you kind of was placed in a pretty good position, um, being a heel and kind of goading Cody Rhodes to uh, join you uh, in the dark side, so to speak, and uh, yeah. uh, turn on uh, Hardcore Holly, and you you became a tag team champion, uh, uh, your first match in the main roster. So yeah. that was that was a big deal. So 
Um, how did that go about and who kind of, who, who made that decision and, you know, kind of uh, relive that with us as far as the talks behind that? Yeah, that was, um, well, it all happened like so quickly, like came out of nowhere. I remember I was doing some, um, uh, they had brought me up and I was doing some house shows and I was wrestling Hacksaw Jim Duggan, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was awesome. <laughs> And uh, tons of fun. Um, it was so easy, just chant USA, you know. <laughs> and so I was doing that, and then all of a sudden, May 26, 2008, um, yeah, my dad calls me and says, Hey, I just got a call. I'm going to be at Raw Monday. I was like, or tomorrow. I was like, Okay. Um, he said, I wonder if you're debuting. And I said, Nobody had said anything to me. Uh, so I was kind of nervous, and then he got there. He's like, "Yep, you're debuting. I'm gonna introduce you, and, and you got to cut a promo." I was like, "Crap! I got to <laughs> cut a promo, and I got to follow you." You know, great. <laughs> so sold out crowd in Denver. Then uh, I think it was four weeks after that we had led up to Night of Champions. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a pay per view, and yep. Um, yep. and man, I honestly I didn't I. I didn't know. I didn't know the politics. Uh, you know, I didn't know. It was just kind of like up in the air, and they, they told me the day of. And uh, each week was, I think we had some backstage promos or something. I, I, I don't remember. I'm horrible. I don't remember anything. Cody remembers everything. He's got like a <laughs> vault for a memory. Um, mm-hmm. And he just knows wrestling he's like a walking encyclopedia but um i remember that them kind of going through it and i that when they first told me that day i was like oh man bob holly's gonna kill me (laughs) (laughs) and uh and he and and he did man he was such a he he was really a, a class act about it and um very supportive you know I, mm-hmm. I went out of my way to just really be as respectful as I could and, and really earn respect from guys that have been there um, I, I've always enjoyed being a student of anything and mm-hmm. you know I, I, I hated the fact that um, people would sometimes assume because of my name, you know, that, um, there might, that I might be entitled, you know, or they may assume that I would, or think that I would act that way. But so I I would go above and beyond to make sure that I didn't come off entitled if, if that makes sense. And, you know, I was super humbled with the opportunity and just grateful that, you know, I can't help that my dad was a million dollar man and, DBS, you know, I was a third generation wrestler and I know it makes for a good storyline and those things, but then I had to live up to the hype or the, you know, the pressure of that. And so, yeah, I did carry that, but at the same time, my dad, he never, he never put any added pressure and really diffused a lot of that. Then, um, you know, my relationship with the Lord really um, helped me to, I wasn't living for the world, you know, I, I would go in cycles really while I was in wrestling. And, and that was what's so, what was so hard for me and why I really needed to get out because man, I had some struggles. I had some really high, 
ups and downs and you know but anyway that that um that was the beginning of a great great run i mean we had a great uh tag team cody and i did uh you know and then we that kind of propelled us into legacy uh which was probably the best part of my career and um working with randy was awesome he's crazy but i love him um (laughs) and that was a lot of fun man that was a couple years and um that was good times working working with DX and you know yeah. working with Cena a lot and um, just just a lot of a lot of fun times. I, I'd I'd go and do that over again any day. Yeah, now it seemed as if there was a lot of steam that came with the legacy angle. Now, two things real quick. There's okay, it was there was uh, a Sim Snuka and Alpha Junior. That was also a member of Legacy. My first question is, uh, who came? You know, what was the idea? Why, why were they kicked out? And then uh, my second question is, um, who came up with the idea to split up the Legacy? Um, well, I think uh, once once we started it, uh, you know, I came back from filming Marine Two. And, um, that's when I think they, um, they did away with, um, Afa and, uh, Snuka. Um, I, I think they just saw the look that Randy and myself and Cody had mm-hmm. together and they wanted to go with that. That was, you know, really the, um, uh, that's a Vince call, you know, I, there, there was, I don't, I don't really know any other reason and we worked really well together. And, um, I think because we all had just a similar, a similar look, you know, um, kind of just that, I I don't know. Um, um, I mean, you look at a picture of us, we all three look pretty, pretty identical minus Randy Orton's like gigantic quads, you know, (laughs) um, he's a little bit taller. So it it was just a good look, you know, and Mm -hmm. we had good chemistry, worked well together. We could do triple threats and it was easier to book. So, um, and I guess Randy may have just wanted it that way, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, but then to break it up, you know, that was, they wanted, they wanted Randy, they wanted to make Randy a baby face and, um, that was where things could have probably gone different for me if they would have kind of capitalized on, um, you know, I had a little momentum there. Some people, you know, the crowd was kind of wanting me to turn face a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Me and Randy and I did a, a match. We had a couple matches, but one where I let him basically just beat me up, you know, and mm-hmm. I just shoved him back once and it exploded. And that was probably one of the, coolest matches and uh but i remember i didn't fight back at all you know and then i just shoved him once and then uh let him walk around and do his creepy faces and he rko'd me but after that i thought for sure we were gonna have a match at mania just the singles and um they're like that wouldn't be fair and i think there were some politics there and then um you know uh and and it it did it would have been weird just me and him having a match and not Cody and so, so well 
we'll make Randy face and uh, break legacy up. I don't know who made that call. Um, I didn't really agree with it. I wish they'd have kept it a little bit longer. Um, Even just me and Cody uh, tagging for a little bit longer because then they had no idea what to do with me. So they were like, here's the belt the next night. And then I think I lost to Christian (laughs) and there was absolutely no storyline and nothing to like, there was no moment. I mean, all that build up and the implosion and me and Cody could have feuded or, you know, I I don't know. There could have been a lot better, but they were just worried about Randy. So, Mm -hmm. um, it is what it is. Yeah. And then, yeah, they did shuffle you around. I mean, you had the million dollar title, you were feuding with the gold dust and you had Maurice and, um, then you did have a pretty solid babyface run with the old DiBiase posse, and but you know it just seemed like you really never got your ground um, as far as from the creative standpoint. Although the crowd was behind you, um, you know with the old DiBiase posse um, thing going on, and you know they still didn't manage to to use that to leverage you know for you yeah. and your benefit and. Uh, yeah, you, you you explained um, you know why you departed. Let's let's talk for the next couple minutes about uh, Cody Rhodes' departure. Now, do you still keep sure. in contact with Cody? I do, I do. Uh, here and there, I mean, um, you know, he, I think he he still has some some things left left to do in the wrestling business, and mm-hmm. man, he he's just a genius, like. Uh, got an incredible, um, you know, creative mind for the business, and um, you know he loves it. Like it, he uh, he has more passion for this industry than anybody I know. You know, mm-hmm. he constantly, still to this day, watches old tapes and and you know the good stuff. <laughs> he knows everyone, and um, you know I think he just he he wanted. He wanted it so bad, and and he would he would go above and beyond. He would pitch more ideas, and I mean, they would be home runs, and and he would just keep pitching, and they'd turn him down. And he'd keep pitching, and um, you know, it's just it's it's hard to watch. You know, somebody that that's what's hard about this industry is like, even if you're capable, even if you go above and beyond, it doesn't matter not like something like a sales position where you know you're working commission and the more you sell the more money you make you know in this industry it's not like that um because you can put in the most time you can put in the most pitches you can be the biggest guy you can have the best mic skills you can but if it doesn't all add up on the right day at the right time in front of the right person it will not happen you know, mm-hmm. so the stars have to literally align um, perfectly, and you got to make sure you don't piss off the wrong person mm-hmm. uh, on the wrong day, or or it could ruin your career forever. You know, yeah. it's crazy how just some of the there's just nuts how some some things have happened to people that you know got them on this this track that they couldn't get off that they didn't deserve to be on. You know. 
I don't yeah. know. Cody's going to be fine. He's he's um, he's a hard worker, one of the hardest workers I know. Got incredible work ethic, and um, he'll probably do extremely well independent wise if he wants to do that. And then whatever he wants to do, he's super intelligent, super smart mm-hmm. guy. He'll be just fine. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's great to have you, Teddy. It, uh, I really appreciate it. I, I was just soaking it all in, uh, all the insight that you had, that you have. Let people know about your current current endeavors. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we've got a great camp coming up, uh, HOD.world, if you want to see some of the stuff, that my main stuff we're doing. Um, I work with my dad a lot. On, it's Heart of David Ministries, but... We uh we've got a camp um next uh, it's July twenty first to the twenty fourth. Uh it's for boys uh ages thirteen through nineteen. We're giving away scholarships to come to camp. We'll have NFL guys, MLB, uh WWE's actually gonna have a film crew there, uh doing a where are they now story on me. And so um nice. we're doing a nice little surprise uh wrestling show that night. I may have to put the boots on, just saying. Uh-huh. Dust but, them off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, and, um, but we bring um, inner city kids from Jackson, and, and uh, you know, we've got a lot of kids coming from foster care, and then we've got some stud uh, baseball players and football players, soccer, uh, basketball that will be out there. So that and, um, you know, there's some other things that you'll probably see soon. Uh, that you know, working on right now. Got a startup company called Give Chat, um, oh. and a couple th- our documentaries coming out. The Price of Fame. You can check it out. Uh, finally, have have you know put a put a stamp on it, and so that should be in the next month or two. I'm really hoping. And if not, we're going to um, just shop it around the, the film festivals at the beginning of next year. So mm-hmm. those are the things right now. And, uh, man, I can't can't thank you enough for having me on. And, again, apologize for last week um, falling asleep on you, brother. <laughs> uh, oh no problem, man. I get it. I, you know, and, and and you know, you you have a you have an awesome agent. Bobby's a great guy, and you know he uh, was just making sure that uh, he he just kept the integrity. I guess there is a pun intended there um, yeah. of uh, of his, you know, of you and him, and you know, I, I just you know when you tweeted about it early in the day and um, and, and um, tagged me. You know, I, I knew that, you know, you were ready and excited about it, and just as I were. And so I, I figured it was that, you know. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, we, 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 it's funny, you know, we, we've been discussing for, for a while now, and, you know, there's a running theme of we both being men of faith. And so uh, there's one uh, F yeah. word, and it's not a cuss word, and it's, it stands for, it, it's forgive. So uh, no worries. Hey, man. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate awesome. it, brother. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you, Teddy, and uh, you have a great night. appreciate you. All right, man. You too. Right, God bless. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the Teddy DiBiase Jr. interview. Great stuff. Awesome insight. I really, really appreciate him uh, being on the show, just soaking in all of the inspiration and uh, insight that he had from his journey in the WWE 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some wrestling and some headlines. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on to the show the webmaster extraordinaire of WrestleView.com, Adam Martin. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. How's the night going? Oh, it's pretty good. Very warm night tonight, but uh, it's uh, just uh, relaxing a little bit. And it was uh, it was good to hear from uh, from Ted DiBiase. It's kind of crazy to think that he's been gone from that company for he's going on uh, three years now, almost in, yeah. in August, I think. So yep. good to hear from him. Yeah, it is. It's it's I you know it's funny, man. I, I really I, I'm really. Um, um, what am I? I, I'm really uh, specific uh, and targeted, and I, I, I'm I'm really particular as far as who I want on the show. And you know, it's just I do a lot of research. Uh, well, as I'm writing, as I'm sure you do as well. And and it's like, man, who do I want to talk to? Who do I want to know? You know, the goings on and and their experience in WWE. That's why. One of my themes on the show was to interview uh, ex WWE stars because you know I, I've had the opportunity to interview uh, WWE WWE stars, um, and I really don't you know get too much from it because you know there's there's kind of a gag order you know that uh, that they have to oppose to, but you know it's it's more of a tell all when it comes to people who have had that experience. Um, who doesn't have to, you know, be restricted to, you know, say, you know, not say certain things about the industry. So I love those, those are the people I love interviewing. And I want to see what's going on with Teddy. Um, he really got the short end of the stick. So it was really, it was really good to hear from him. And I totally agree with you. I always remember too, there was this comment, and I can't remember when he said it, but there was a comment that John Cena made where he was asked to make predictions about the WWE. And he said that uh, he was going to main event WrestleMania one day with Ted DiBiase Jr. And I remember reading that going like, wow, I would hate to be Ted DiBiase Jr. Because that's, it, it's it's almost like they, they set up uh, really high expectations for him. And it's not that he didn't hit those expectations. It's just that when the bar is set so incredibly high with these mm-hmm. second generation, third generation guys that it's just, it, it's it's a tremendous amount of pressure. They did it with uh, with Drew Galloway when he was Drew McIntyre. Yep. Um, you know, even even to a degree with Cody Rhodes. I mean, a lot of these second generation, third generation. It's just like, just let them let them kind of figure it out. And I, I feel like maybe they're going to cool down on that a little bit with some of these guys and girls that are coming in because there's still a pretty fresh crop of, of some others that are coming in too. But I don't know. There's there just seems to be. Uh, really really high standards and it's, yeah. it's unfortunate that most of the time it doesn't work out and that's that's yeah. kind of how it goes uh yep i i totally agree with that i think that's a great point as far as just the pressure that they put on those uh second and third generation stars all right ladies and gentlemen let's get to the headlines ladies and gentlemen it is time for the Lesnar versus Randy Orton official for SummerSlam. Adam, thumbs up or thumbs down? 
I, I kind of like it. I mean, it's uh, it's funny, too, because if you think about the path that these guys took, they were both in OVW together, which a lot of people didn't see. And f- for the most part, there was maybe just photos that circulated if you were a big magazine, uh, wrestling magazine fan back in the day when they would actually profile OVW. That's kind of how I got to see OVW stuff was photos and, and recaps and profiles of people that were there. But there was that interesting correlation of when Brock became uh, WWE champion in 2002 and left the company in 2004. And there was that moniker that Brock was the youngest champion in the company's history. And as soon as he left to go pursue a career in uh, the NFL, which then eventually led to a career in, in mixed martial arts, there was that moniker that he kind of kept with him, that he was the youngest champion. And then quickly they, kind of uh, and I don't I don't know if that was the only reason they went with Randy but it kind of felt like it especially when you saw what played out with him beating Chris Benoit at SummerSlam a couple years later and becoming the youngest champion and that that didn't last too long but um I like that they could play off some of that history stuff um I you know it's I I like Brock as a special attraction I will say this though and I heard this comment made um, on uh, on the Opie radio show with Opie and Jimmy on, on SiriusXM, they were talking about Brock's return at the UFC, which I know we were going to talk about in a little bit, but they were saying, I think it was mainly Opie that was kind of making the comments like, <clears throat> you know, how does Brock go from such a successful return to the UFC to then, you know, jumping back into the WWE again? And, and that was, he was, and, and, and this is where you get into that, that interesting scenario of like, you know, some people just don't care wrestling fans don't care about stuff like that, but people that are outsiders looking in that don't follow wrestling, they got to see a promo for SummerSlam between Lesnar and Orton during the UFC pay-per-view on Saturday. So maybe they weren't aware of it. And then all of a sudden they are. And then (laughs) there's almost kind of this like uh, brand confusion where it's like, there's going to be, and I, I don't mean to say this harshly, but I think even you would agree with this. You know, most wrestling fans uh, aren't the smartest people, and uh, they're going to, you know, there's going to be a little confusion there of what's, you know, there's there's definite, I I hear it all the time when people ask what I do, and they get it confused with mixed martial arts, Mm -hmm. and you're you're really blurring the lines there, so it's going to be a little weird. And, and and I I will watch and of course you know cover it for WrestleView, and I'm looking forward to it, but it is going to be weird to see Lesnar going from such a real fight scenario, a sports competition athletic scenario to, you know, beating up Randy Orton or, or Randy Orton even staying with him is just silly almost. So it's going to be a little weird, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with it and see, and see what they do, but it's going to be a little, going to be a little silly to watch. I think. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's an attraction because they've never had a feud you know, in the the fourteen years, of course, on and off for Brock, uh, more of a, more half of that uh, for Brock as far as his tenure. But you know, the fourteen years that they started, they both were in the class of two thousand two, and you know, they're fourteen years later. They, you know, Brock and Randy never had a very um, long going feud, or really even a really feud at all. They just kind of were separate brands, and that's how. Brock Lesnar and Triple H was uh, until Brock came back. They kind of were on separate brands. And so I, I do think that there's material there as far as, you know, the, uh, they, Michael Cole, especially uh, is, is one to butcher uh, history 
and, you know, say that this is a first ever and things like that, which is clearly not true. Um, but, you know, there, there's some legitimacy that he could have as far as saying first evers with this. Um, and, and that kind of, that kind of raises some type of interest. Uh, but, you know, I, I've said this on my show before. I, I'm just not sold on Randy Orton, and I haven't been for a few years now. Uh, he's just been kind of bland and boring to me. Maybe this is a refresher because he's been out, I, I think, for about nine months now. So, you know, this could help. But, I, you know, I after this, I mean, I wrote on Fox Sports last uh, last week that uh, I would like to see him and Baron Corbin uh, go against each other. I think that that would be very good. There's some advertisements of him and AJ Styles doing some house shows, so there may be a, uh, a few that kind of sparks up. But even with any of those, you know, I think Randy Orton's at the spot now where I think he should just put people over for his namesake. I don't see much left in Orton. I think this is really kind of the end as far as like a big thing, a big feel for Orton. Um, otherwise, I just think, you know, his name should be strong enough to just put people over now. And, and I think Corbin would be perfect. And Orton had that kind of that brief moment there in, in 2014 where the crowd was kind of organically getting behind him when he was associated with the authority. And it felt like something was kind of happening with him. Like there was, there was a genuine movement of the fans really kind of like, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to go with Randy. Like we're really going to support this guy. And then he got injured. And and that was it. And it, it, it just, it, it didn't work out and he's been out for a long time. And he's, he's a guy that's battled a lot of injuries and, and it's just a lot of wear and tear. And, and that's unfortunate, especially with a guy at the at the level he's at right now, but it, it, it does feel fresh. I agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond this, you know, Randy's, does he become, uh, is he back on the road full time? Does he, is he a part of the raw brand? Is he part of the SmackDown brand? There's a lot of stuff that we have to see what, what plays out, but I think, um, and maybe that'll be determined well before SummerSlam because we're already talking about, you know, this match and this match is taking place in August and we still have a, you know, the draft and another pay-per-view to go before then. So I, I am looking forward to it, but it is, uh, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll have to see where they go. And even, even Brock too, we don't even know where, where he's going even after SummerSlam. Yeah. Speaking of that, there was a press conference after the fight, uh, between him and Mark Hunt, um, where he said that, uh, I quoted it. I made a quote and put it on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. I don't, I don't remember verbatim now, but he was saying it as far as when the dust settles, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. I think that was close enough to the quote that he said. Um, and, and so, you know, I was telling my, my, my friends who are, I was watching UFC with, I, if if he loses against Mark Hunt, I think this would have been a one-off. You know, he would have got the, the – the itch would have been scratched, so to speak, and he would have got the jitters out, and he would have got it all out and out of the system. But I think now, especially with the purse, um, you know, I heard on ESPN and there's a couple other uh, sites that reported $2.5 million. Um, you know, that com- compared to him winning, compared to – uh, Dana White most likely wanting him to uh, have another match. You know, I just kind of wonder because he's still in contract. He, I believe it was a three-year contract that he signed um, and decided to stay with the WWE. 
Does he, you know, do, do they negotiate again, you know, for him to have another fight? Uh, so it, it's really interesting. I mean, he defeated Mark Hunt. I, 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 I thought the fight was pretty good, actually. Um, Mark Hunt, you know, for, for him to be, you know, 265, 66 pounds, 42 years old, only 5'10", you know, a few inches uh, uh, shorter than Brock. I think it was about a six or seven inch uh, reach that was less uh, than Brock, uh, maybe maybe about five five inches or so, but the reach was significant, and he he ha- he hung with Brock. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, he Brock had a couple takedowns uh, that were meaningful, but uh, one of the takedowns, Mark Hunt just uh, got right back up, and he was pretty agile for being a big guy. Uh, and you know when he uh, when he mounted uh, Mark Hunt. You know, Mark Hunt was getting some pretty good shots in there, and I would say probably the second round is when uh, Mark Hunt was uh, kind of teasing. You know, uh, he was kind of startling Brock, and there was a couple times where uh, Brock was startled. So I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a good debut, uh, re-debut for for Brock after uh, nearly five years. And uh, you know, I, I was pretty impressed by by the fight. Um, you know, there's there's people like. Uh, you know, Muir, you know, Frank Muir, uh, Josh Barnett, uh, Cain Velasquez, who won uh, earlier in the night, uh, that, that are probably looking at uh, Brock and wanting uh, to compete against him to get that purse as well or similar to it. So it should be pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on the fight? I, I was really interested in the fight because, uh, you know, he had he had a five-year layoff, and, and I was uh, – and I, I'm a big, big mixed martial arts fan, and that's kind of that um, – I have to kind of blur that line sometimes because there's a lot of uh, people that I uh, I'm friends with that are into wrestling, but they're not so much into mixed martial arts. And I remember that first year um, that, uh, that Brock debuted that, um, you know, there was a lot of people maybe watching mixed martial arts for the first time. They had maybe never watched an actual fight. Um, And it was, it was kind of annoying. I remember too, at the time being such a big fan and listening to wrestling fans and just, hearing the the lack of uh education <laughs> i mean not that you have to be the scholar when it comes to the sport of mixed martial arts but i could tell within you know 10 seconds when someone was talking about brock's debut that they just had no idea what they were talking about mm-hmm. and and the in the even the dynamics going into his first fight and at least i mean he did have the warm-up fight prior to his ufc debut um but to see you know how he developed at that time and, and becoming the heavyweight champion, yes, did he get – I mean, he absolutely got advantages over other fighters um, yeah. that, you know, other people were not going to get because of his name value coming from the WWE. But he really uh, found a way to kind of distance himself from professional wrestling when he became champion and had uh, tremendous success and really became – he became a he became a mixed martial arts fighter. He he was no longer the pro wrestler trying, you know, trying out MMA, which is – what CM Punk is going to attempt to do in a, in a few months here in August. Um, but to see him come back into this sport, um, I know he put a lot of blame on diverticulitis, which, you know, I understand people have to kind of uh, set a narrative and, and it's, it's a good story and, and, and not to take anything away from, uh, from that, from what he experienced with that disease, but he also was going up against, you know, some pretty tough guys with, you know, Cain Velasquez and Alistar Overeem, and and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, totally the disease. It was, it was just, you know, a, a difference in 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 uh, in experience, and 
in, in, in you know, fight style. And, and that was the real intriguing thing about him coming back was, you know, they didn't give him some random dude. I mean, this, I mean, Mark Hunt was the number eight ranked heavyweight in the UFC going into this fight. So it wasn't a cakewalk for Brock and, and, and Hunt was right. just, just destroying and, and taking people out. Um, and you were talking about the height difference. I mean, that didn't, that doesn't matter at all for Mark Hunt. I mean, Mark Hunt's like what, five ten, five eleven, and he, five, 10, he yeah. drops Stefan Struve, who's like the tallest heavyweight, maybe possibly competing in the sport right, right. now. So yeah. that's what people were watching. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people uh, knew what, I mean, and that, that's the weird thing about the sport. And people were also complaining about the Daniel Cormier, Anderson Silva fight uh, later that night as well, or it was, it took place earlier uh, was, you know, a wrestler versus a striker. And this is exactly what Brock Lesnar and, and Mark Hunt was. I mean, Mark Hunt has very good takedown defense, but he was going to try to drop Brock. And, and Brock's biggest weakness during his time in mixed martial arts was could he take a punch and he would shut down. Um, I think he took some pretty good shots. He didn't, going back and I had watched the fight a second time, um, he didn't take any full-on big bombs from Mark Hunt, but there was a couple that grazed him and he held up. And I know he was, you were talking about the press conference after the, after the show, um, where he was, he had a big swollen left eye and he was, he seemed pretty confident about, he, he said, I think I answered the question of whether or not I could take a big shot. And I don't know if we truly did get the answer to that question or not, but right. he did, he did at one point really try to stand and trade with Mark Hunt, which is a dangerous, dangerous thing to be doing. And he was kind of, you know, he would throw in some jabs, but he was almost like palming the face of Mark Hunt versus, you know, punching. So you could tell he was curating distance and trying to go for that takedown. But when that, I mean, the guy's a gorilla, man. I mean, he is just, when he gets you down and, and he has just such tremendous wrestling experience from his time in the NCAA and he's just, he's just so strong. And that's one thing Mark Hunt talked about is just how strong Brock was. And uh, I know Mark said he's interested in having a, a rematch with Brock, but I, I, I don't know where they go, but as of, as, as of now, as we're having this conversation, Brock is now the number eight, uh, ranked heavyweight in the UFC after one fight, so I would I would have to think he's eyeballing that that Madison Square Garden debut later this year. No, I believe it's in November. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people want to get on that card, obviously, because of the not only because it's in a you know uh, a, a big market like New York City, but the significance of the fact that mixed martial arts had up until this point been banned in the, in the state of New York, which is so silly. Um, but you know, you got to think Brock's eyeing that, that card and there's a possibility. And he did say in that post-fight press conference, they, they asked him, they said, you know, so what happens now? Do they, does, does UFC have to, to go back to the table and negotiate with Vince and Triple H? And he said, well, you know, let's, let's make something very clear. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I, this, this to me is the most interesting aspect of this, Chris, is does Vince budge again? I mean, Vince got a little return on his investment of having Brock go do this fight, promoting a video game, promoting SummerSlam. But do you, do you let that happen again and, and let Brock become this kind of almost this, uh, this, he, I think at one point he compared himself to Bo Jackson of just doing multiple things. And I wouldn't really call professional wrestling a sport because it's not a sport, but it's an athletic, you know, uh, form of entertainment. And, and you, you yeah. know, Exactly. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and he sure with the smile on his face, he sure seemed like he wanted to have another fight, but we're, uh, we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I certainly don't think this is it for, for Brock Lesnar. Uh, like I said, if he, if he lost, I think it would have been a different thing, but, but he won and he won unanimously. 
um, 20, 29, 27, uh, you know, from all, from all judges. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think this is it. I think, like I said, I think the purse was, uh, was, uh, uh intriguing enough for, for another one. Um, and, uh, like you said, he, you know, he's, he's in the top 10 now after being gone for almost five years. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's people around him that, uh, would, would like to, uh, compete against him to, you know, to try to jockey for that, uh, uh, the number one spot. And so it should be interesting. I, I, I think, you know, someone like Amir would, would be good again, um, because I would like for him to go against a, uh, more of a submission, uh, expert, uh, you know, uh, Hunt is a striker he, and he is a striker. I mean, it's, he, he's known for being a striker, um, but it would be interesting, you know, to, to go against someone who was more of a submission expert. So back to uh, the WWE. So Eric Bischoff, and um, I'm going to ask you during the Raw review, um, who are your predictions for the Raw and SmackDown general manager? Um, but as far as Eric Bischoff is concerned, uh, he shot down rumors uh, of a WWE return, and then a little bit after that, he kind of teased it. So, do we? Do you think that we will see Eric Bischoff back in the WWE at all? Um, I don't think so, but I, you know, I I could be completely wrong. Um, he seems like, especially after I don't know if you got a chance to see the the new documentary they just uh, put out with Bischoff um, a few weeks ago, but. Um, he seems like a guy that's very at peace at what he has accomplished in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's got a whole bunch of projects. He's got the, the Buffalo Cody. I think that's what it's called beer. I, I can't, I'm probably butchering the name, but it's something like that out in mm-hmm. Wyoming. He's, he has his own production company where he has right. a series of television shows in production with Jason Hervey. Um, and he strikes me as a guy who is just kind of, uh, He's he's ready to move on, I think. And and uh, the last real stint we saw from him was was his involvement with TNA, and that didn't end very well. No. So, uh, but it's 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 always possible. Maybe he wants to to be involved. He hasn't been an on air character with the WWE since what 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's been a long time. Um, obviously, some people are maybe rediscovering Eric through the WWE Network and. You know, you can watch every episode of Nitro now on that thing. And, and of course, the new documentary they just put out, which I thought it, it got, you know, there's there's a lot of people that have kind of always had it out for Eric Bischoff, especially the Wrestling Observer crowd. Um, and I and I do respect a lot of the work that, that, you know, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez do. But those guys, man, they're just determined to not – Dave Meltzer was notorious for just, you know, questioning the hire of Eric Bischoff back in the day and – they had somebody do a review of that documentary, just absolutely destroying it. I was just, there was a lot of interesting aspects to that, that documentary and stuff that I didn't uh, even really know about, especially from the business side of, of profit margins and, and where the money went with revenue with WCW in relation to, uh, to, to Ted Turner before the AOL time Warner buyout. So, um, but, but getting back to what the, the question, I don't think so. Um, but anything is possible, but he seems like a guy that's, that's ready to wrap it up. And, and, you know, he seems, he seems more, you know, and, you know, intrigued with politics. If you follow him on Twitter, he's talking all day about politics and obviously he leans a certain way. 
uh, he seems to be a very right wing uh, kind of conservative guy and doesn't Mm -hmm. shy away from sharing that opinion on Twitter, but he seems like he's, he's more interested in, in, you know, politics and and his, his production stuff than, than maybe getting back into wrestling, but anything is, anything's possible. Yeah. And and I was pretty firm about that. Um, Exactly what you're saying. Uh, But I, I just, you know, Eric Bischoff, like, like kind of like you said, he always came across to me as far as someone who is kind of, you know, happy about where he is. And, you know, he hasn't really been an on-air character. And uh, even with TNA, you know, that was around uh, 2010, you know, the whole immortal thing uh, going into 2011. And so it's been at least, you know, even with that, it was, you know, it was, that was about five years ago. So, you know, and, and so and I think, like you said, with all the other endeavors that he's doing, you know, he's he's pretty good, and he's getting up there in age as well. Um, yeah, well, basically is up there in age. Uh, and so, you know, but the interesting thing is I still wonder why he would even take the time to kind of recant what he was – what he said before as far as, you know, the tweet that he said is, you know, there's not a chance, and then kind of recanting it. And saying anything's possible, I just wonder if it was uh, if it was just kind of trolling, uh, or if it was just something like, you know, you, you never know. He, he's not totally just kind of um, exonerating himself from even considering uh, being a part of it. So uh, quite interesting to me. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio not approached for a return, and I I uh, broke the news as far as JTG. Because uh, I, I, I keep in contact with J, JTG, um, I also texted Carlito, and and it's funny because uh, I, I texted Carlito many times, and we've texted back and forth, and he responds to you know all of my he responded to all of my texts before, but I texted him about a return, and he I haven't heard back from him, so it's quite interesting that I didn't hear back from him this time as opposed to all all the other ones, but. Uh, JTG, uh, you know, he, you know, we talk uh, or we contact each other frequently, uh, relatively frequently, and he, he just kind of was straight up as far as like, nah, uh, no one's contacting me. And so there's reports of uh, Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy also not being contacted. So uh, where are these rumors coming from? Uh, a lot of time it's people just flat out making stuff up and, the one thing I've noticed, I've been covering wrestling on the internet roughly since about 1998, 1999. And with the advent of Twitter and Facebook, stuff takes off a lot faster than it used to. Before, a story would kind of travel on, you know, websites and message boards. And, but that was about it, though. Like, you had to, you had to be really dialed in. And now a report, you know, somebody could possibly hint at something or say something. It now becomes a trending topic uh, on Facebook uh, or it gets, becomes a a trending topic on Twitter and it just kind of travels and travels. And now you have a conglomerate of about 20 to 25 wrestling sites with the same three or four people running it strictly to uh, serve a purpose of having the highest SEO ranking on Google when you type in a keyword. So I think because of this, and you know this with with the stuff that you write for Sports Illustrated, that uh, stuff just travels really fast now. 
so many people have a podcast now, so it travels through that. But that's kind of where this stuff starts is someone might say something and then it travels and then 20, 25 sites pick it up. And then you just have this endless loop of these strange wrestling domain websites with just like terrible names and, and, you know, and and that's, but at the same time though, if you're a wrestling fan and you're, you're, if, if you're reading stuff like that, you got to consider the source too. I mean, you can't take these things to the bank. And if if there's a lot of these goofy sites reporting it, but some of the you know, the bigger sites with more legitimate, I know the word legitimate and internet wrestling reporter probably don't go together, um, but you got to consider the source on a lot of these stories, and a lot of them get quickly shot down. So I think people just get really excited, and they they think, oh, you know, this this could happen. And but anybody that that was paying attention knows that well. First of all, Rey Mysterio's knees are completely shot. And mm-hmm. he has a, a he has an agreement in place with with uh, Lucha Underground right now, mm-hmm. and Jeff Hardy for some strange reason I'm I don't know if there was an opportunity there there may have been, but decided to uh, resign with TNA. Now mm-hmm. I know the TNA deals are a little looser than maybe than uh, some other ones, but uh, he's pretty much locked up. So uh, you know there's there's always I know at one point there was some there was some strong hinting and discussions of maybe the, the Hardy Boys get one last run in the WWE with, with, you know, with the Dudley boys coming back and maybe there's going to be a possibility of a door opening there, especially with triple H doing a lot of the negotiations lately, but doesn't look like that's going to be the case, but you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it could be too. Also, Chris, people just aren't aware of the fact that Jeff's under a TNA deal and that lit that Ray's under a Lucha underground deal. So I'm not saying that people need to know this stuff and they, they, they you know, it's their fault, but you know, consider the source when you see these stories, you know, getting printed out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, the first as you were talking and and, and as I was, you know, um, raising this topic up, I thought about a, you know, the the age old telephone game. You know, you you're there's a string of people on one line, and you tell the first person one thing, and by the time you get to the back of the line, it's something totally different than what was told in the front of the line, and a lot of times that's how reports travel, you know, between uh, websites, uh, wrestling platforms. And, you know, I've, I wrote for a very popular, one of the, one of the most popular uh, wrestling websites for two years and I broke news and, and, and did reports. So, and I, and I know <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've took some heat as far as um, a source telling me something that wasn't true uh, and I've and I've been praised for breaking something that uh, I knew firsthand. So you know, it's just one of those things, like you said, SEO rankings. Is, is you know, we're going to break this news, you know, and then and then people are going to to you know grab that and 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 put it on their site so they can get some buzz, and it just it just travels mm-hmm. <laughs> just like a telephone game, and it's not you know it, it doesn't end up what was originally reported, and so you know. At the end of the day, you know, it's Jeff Hardy, like you said, Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio um, are two of the uh, the least, you know, possible options as far as coming back to the WWE based on their commitments. And like you said, based on just their, you know, especially Mysterio's physical health, it just, uh, you know, he's in his 40s now and, you know, both of his knees are done and it's just... Uh, he's just really physically incapable to endure the schedule that the WWE presents. So, 
you know, I, I don't really see too much going on with that. Bret Hart shoots on Triple H about having a higher rating than him on WWE 2K17. Now, Adam, would you call this petty, bitter, or both, or neither? Um, I just think Bret's a grumpy old man right now, and I and I I do like Bret Hart, and I've I've met Bret many times, and it's weird because when you meet him, he's he's the polar opposite of this like grumpy Bret Hart that we're hearing from a lot on the internet lately. Like mm-hmm. he's one of the nicest wrestlers I've ever met. Obviously a, a very quiet guy, but when he, when he opens up to you um, and he, and you sit down and you get an opportunity to talk, you know, about wrestling or whatever, uh, he's a really nice guy, but lately, and I, I think, and I, I don't know if it's, if it's the, the fact that this is coming, I believe this came from a podcast that he has now. Um, right. and I, I don't know. And that's kind of the new thing now. If you're a wrestler, you get a podcast and yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's playing into the fact that he knows if he says something that it's going to create some buzz. And if that's kind of what he's trying to do, I get it. But I think after a while, people are going to like kind of catch on and they're going to kind of figure it out. And he's obviously, he's someone that still has, uh, I don't know if, if I want to use the word grudge, but definitely probably has some issues still with Triple H from what happened in 1997. And it seems like he's moved on from it with, with Shawn Michaels, but I don't know if that's, if that's uh, been the case with, with Triple H maybe. Um, he's been very critical of Triple H. He was critical of the match Triple H had a couple of years ago with Brock Lesnar, where he did that famous, you know, four out of 10 thing. Mm-hmm. And um it's 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 really weird. Like it's getting to the point now where it's just like, well, what what else does Bret Hart not like? You know, and it's just becoming almost like a parody of itself. And and I you know I've I I definitely value his opinion. And you know he went after. I'm sure you saw when he went after uh, went after Seth Rollins for breaking John Cena's nose and how he said that was irresponsible because Bret always right. took a lot of pride in the fact that he never hurt anybody, which you know is commendable. But you know this is a little you can't compare you know, the era that Brett wrestled in when people didn't have HD cameras where you could see everything. I mean, that, that's, that was one of the biggest pros and cons of when WWE went HD a couple of years ago. Uh, well, it's been more than a couple of years ago now. It's been almost uh, going on, you know, eight, nine years now. But the, I remember the first time watching a WWE show in HD and thinking like, wow, uh, these guys are going to have to work so snug now because you can just see things so much more detailed and you can hear things a lot better. Not to say that, you know, Seth was doing all he could to try to break John's nose, but, you know, Brett was pretty critical of it, and, and Seth took offense to it and uh, kind of disappointed him. But I think that's kind of what Brett, – Brett's in that situation now where he's obviously been retired for a long time from wrestling, and he gets to sit back and kind of um, give his thoughts. And I don't know. I think it's – I think maybe part of it is trying to create some buzz for, for his, his podcast. And a lot of guys, Taz was notorious for doing that in the early days of his podcast where he would just say the dumbest stuff that made no sense, yeah. but people would, but people would pick it up. The, the, we were just talking about the SEO wrestling websites. Those sites would pick it up. They would print his words and then it would start trending on Twitter or it would, it would at least get people talking on Twitter. And then there you go. Yeah. What, what, the what better way to have a show podcast now? Exactly, exactly. And and it sounds like Taz is, is his show's really successful and that's mm-hmm. that's really cool and I and it's just some of these dudes and I'm not saying Taz intention because I don't think he does this on a on a regular occurrence, but Bret Hart seems to be doing that where yeah. you just kinda like 
just say something. So it's becoming a parody now of, you know, what, what else is Brett going to get angry at next? And who cares about a video game? I mean, it's, it's a little silly if you think about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> Uh, you're being modest by saying little. Uh, yeah, I think it's very silly. Um, yeah, I, I think you make some very fair points. I mean, as far as just uh, it just seems like there's still a disdain, you know, nearly 20 years later of Brett toward Triple H because uh, there's been many I've watched dozens and hundreds really of hours of YouTube. Um, I work out every morning and usually that's usually watching wrestling history something on uh, on YouTube is usually my um, half hour cardio startup for for my for my morning at the gym, uh, you know, not, just just to refresh myself, you know, as a wrestling historian, so to speak, and just to uh, give myself more material for for my podcast, and it's really beneficial. And I, one one day I spent spent some time um, just searching Bret Hart's you know bitterness towards people, and specifically Triple H, and man, just. All the interviews that Bret Hart had, there was there was some video that was just I mean it lasted for a while. It was just a string of interviews that Bret Hart had that he would talk about Triple H just so awfully, and uh, I was just like, man, you know, I, you know, Triple H is never known as being the best wrestler in the world, but like give the guy you know some slack, you know, he's he's not that bad. I mean, I don't think he's bad at all. Actually, I think he's a quite solid performer and especially from a ring psychology standpoint but you know it's it's interesting like like i said i mean you know, like you were saying as well I, th- I think there's still some disdain there and um, that he probably hasn't shaken off uh totally as opposed to to michael's all right real quick uh moose uh former uh interviewee of the pancakes and power slam show uh he confirmed his departure from roh and uh, right now, he's in possible talks with TNA, reportedly. Uh, where do you think Moose goes? I mean, there was some – he was backstage at an, ROA, uh, at an NXT show, but uh, there were reportedly some uh, – you know, the, the, there's some stalling going on because from an image standpoint, you know, there's there's some talks as far as the, just the, the domestic history. And there's, there's, there's a bunch of different uh, talks going around as far as why the WWE stalling, uh, but that has – we reportedly allow him to to become a uh, pretty a pretty hot commodity in TNA. Uh, do you see any benefit benefit in that as far as the TNA run? Uh, well, I can answer your question about where he's going. He showed up on Impact tonight. They did do a live tape edition of Impact, so it aired on a little bit of a delay on mm-hmm. Pop TV. But he did he did show up uh, in the main event with between Lashley and Eddie Edwards. So he's, he's definitely with TNA now. And uh, he, uh, at one point I know there was an interest in him from the WWE, but apparently they backed off when they discovered a uh, domestic uh, issue that he had back Mm -hmm. in 2009 when he was in the NFL, he actually was suspended from the NFL as a result of that. So I think there was, um, you know, a little apprehension there from the WWE. They're definitely doing more thorough background checks than they ever used to in the history of the company especially with, uh, you know, what just went down with Jerry Lawler. They kind of wanted and, – and Adam Rose recently too. So probably don't want to pick up a guy that, um, you know, has that in his history. You know, maybe maybe that cools off after a while. But he uh, he definitely gained a lot of popularity over the last two years in Ring of Honor. And um, yeah, I'm sure there was 
there was probably some some of the you know the Ring of Honor wrestling snobs, and, and I like Ring of Honor, but some of the fans can be pretty obnoxious, and I'm sure that they oh, yeah. had their Definitely. apprehensions about a you know a former football player deciding to become yeah. a wrestler. So, uh, but I I've always been very impressed with what I've seen from him, um, and and you know whether or not it's going to be successful or not, I don't know, but. You know, there, there's definitely. I mean, if you look at the TNA roster right now, I mean, it's if there's a lot of new names on there, and it looks like they're going to have him do something with with Lashley. They had him confront Lashley uh, at the end of the show tonight on Pop TV. So, it, you know, I think I think it's it's uh, it's a good move by TNA to get a guy like him because um, clearly the WWE had interest, so it's kind of a nice coup for them to be able to pick somebody mm-hmm. up. Obviously, they don't care about the about the the background issues because they're not they're not publicly traded and I don't think they right. have to answer to too many things like that, but uh, I think it's a good move and and you know he's going to be making some pretty uh, decent money in TNA despite some of the the potential financial issues the company is experiencing at the moment. I think there might be a possible new investor stepping up here. There's been a lot of talks about that in recent weeks, but uh, it's uh, it's a good move for him because you can only kind of do so much in Ring of and Ring of Honor is a great starting off point. So kudos to him kind of getting to start there and obviously, you know, working the indies and stuff, but uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it'll be, you know, a pretty good move for him. I mean, it's not going to take him to, you know, gigantic heights in the wrestling industry because you can kind of only go so far in TNA as well, but it's, uh, it's, you know, if you can make the money, make the money. Yeah. And here's the thing. I like Moose a lot. He's actually one of my top five right now. Uh, and I, I just love his agility for his size. It, it's incredibly impressive. I mean, he he builds himself as having the world's best drop kick. Uh, so I think that uh, that I think that's great. Uh, Impact Wrestling's on my on my DVR. I, I there's sometimes I catch it before the show, there's sometimes I don't. But uh, now I have a uh, a reason to to go and watch on my DVR, maybe even after the show. So. Let's uh let's spend a couple minutes before we get to the flavor of the week. A couple minutes. Um, let's just kind of merge the the last headline with the with the raw review, and let's talk about the Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy final deletion match in comparison to the New Day versus Wyatt match at the compound. Now, of course, it just seems like I don't I don't think it was you know coincidence that the same thing was you know within both matches. Now, you know, who do you think ripped off of who? Do you think it someone ripped off, period? And which one do you think was a better presentation? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's pretty well known that the, the Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy thing made the rounds <laughs> among people in WWE. Like when the mm-hmm. when the first segment started airing, the really strange ones that were people were making fun of. Um, I know for a fact people were watching it in the WWE and laughing and um kind of trying to figure out like what what is this like what are they what are they trying to do um so i'm i'm sure there's there's people that were keeping an eye on what was going on between matt and jeff hardy um it the matt and jeff hardy thing though was very uh over the top and i don't i didn't find the white family new day thing to be that over the top i mean i agree it it was I mean it was yes like like from a from a visual standpoint it was it was dark with the, with the lights kind of illuminating so of course it had the same kind of vibe as the final deletion match but like and the Matt Hardy Jeff Hardy thing I mean they're they're launching fireworks at each other and there's there's drones and 
you know, lawnmowers and dilapidated senior boats Benjamin. and yeah, Senior <laughs> Benjamin and like it's just so over the top. And I I I watched it and I was laughing and I was smiling and I I appreciated what those guys were trying to do. They were trying to create something that was completely different, incredibly strange, but entertaining all at the same time. And the White Family New Day stuff, it had the same like visual look, but it wasn't anything like that. I think, I think the thing is, and I think maybe you'll agree with this too, and I've, I've experienced this since TNA has, has started, is that there's always been this undying need with TNA fans to accuse the WWE of ripping, uh, ripping them off or, or borrowing mm-hmm. something. Or I, I remember uh, many years ago when TNA started impact shows with like a, like a recap with a narration and then it started happening like that on Raw, and there was just this like, oh, they're and and maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but I I just I try not to get caught up in that stuff because I find people that fixate on that stuff are really strange to begin with, yeah. and they're 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 almost taking wrestling a little too seriously, and they kind of need to take a breath, and they you know maybe they need a hug or they need to go outside and exercise or something because who cares at the end of the day no. it's it's really at at the end of the day it's what what was entertaining. And I'm still not really truly blown away by the New Day, um, you know, white family stuff. I think there could be something there. It looks like they might be breaking up the New Day uh, heading into the draft. So we'll see maybe where that goes. But um, I thought that, you know, having watched what went down on Raw and having watched the final deletion thing, I thought it was visually a little, a little, yeah, I mean, like the illumination and stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't. To me, they felt like very different things. Yeah, I I don't know what I feel. We only got a couple minutes. I don't know how I feel about the final deletion match yet. I you know I kept saying I keep saying on my on my on my show that I appreciate the theatrics that that has came with this brother Nero and and broken Matt Angle. I appreciate it, uh, but I don't know. I still don't know. I still haven't grabbed the grade yet as far as the final deletion. I do like the compound match I, 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 just because. I think it led. It was more of a cliffhanger, and the final deletion was more of a culmination of an already overbooked Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy feud. So, <laughs> all right, real, real quick, the um, let's get to the flavor of the week. We only have about a, a good minute left, so we'll condense this immensely. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, so real quick, Adam, uh, we'll do, this is what we'll do. Your favorite match between 88 and 93, the one that sticks out the most. Uh, probably 92, which I'm I'm going to be the sucker with the Wembley Stadium, Bret Hart, yeah. uh, British Bulldog match. But I just remember watching that as a kid and just the emotion and the crowd shots of the wife. And it was just, you know, that, that huge crowd was awesome. So And it was cool to see an Intercontinental title match main event. Yeah, I agree with you. That that one was awesome. And just for, for the historic value, speaking of the Intercontinental title, I think 90 with Texas Tornado and, and Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental Championship was amazing, too, because I, I was always a Kerry Von Erich fan as a kid and watching World Class and just seeing him um, have that opportunity in the WWE was absolutely incredible to me. So, all right, Adam, let us know where we can find you uh, if we've been hiding under a rock. Uh, WrestleView.com would be the main place to find it. We actually have a new website design. That's why I wasn't here last week. I apologize for having to 
reschedule on you, but we launched a new website design, so we're happy about that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleView, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam WrestleView as well. Absolutely, and the site looks great. I was just looking at it today, so thank you, oh, Adam. Thank you, appreciate that. Oh, man, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it looks great. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll hear from you back on the show soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Chris. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic show from Ted DiBiase Jr. and also Adam Martin from WrestleView.com. And ladies and gentlemen, that is 224 episodes wrapping up. Fantastic night as always. Follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter. Like the Crave Wrestling Facebook page on uh, Crave Wrestling. And uh, stay tuned to the Crave Wrestling Facebook, uh, the Raw Reviews that's been uh, having a great some great interaction. So until next week, thank you so much for listening to the show. God bless you. Enjoy your week of wrestling. And Chris Featherstone, Crave Wrestling, signing off. Goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.